Hello and welcome to If Anyone Cares. My name is Jolly James, and we are back from our little hiatus to start the month of August. I am back from Montana, among, you know, 11 other states. We hit in those nine days. Uh, just got back from filming a documentary with uh, 12 really, really good guys, and I'm excited to announce that that documentary will be produced by Riley James and If Anyone Cares Productions. I'm super excited about the release of it, uh, TBD, because we just got back. It, it's barely been worked on, and it, it's going to be fantastic at some point when it comes out. We will update you. Uh, obviously, since it's an, it, if anyone cares entity, we will keep you updated about release dates and such, but I'm excited to be home, man. I'm excited to be home. It was a, a wild nine days on the road. It took me a few days to recover and, and get back to myself, but we're back doing If Anyone Cares, episode 44 of this podcast. And this one's a little bit different, as each of them are a little bit different from each other. I'm interviewing two people tonight. Two people. Both in the same band, but two people. So it's going to be interesting to kind of balance the... The questioning between the two. I haven't actually done it yet. Usually I do these after I've done the show, so I can tell you all it's a great show. I haven't done it, so I can't tell you it's a great... I'm sure it is a great show, but I it could be a disaster. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out, I suppose. I'm interviewing Denny. Is a band up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at Denny the Band on Twitter and Instagram. All their music is available anywhere you can find music. The most notable ones for me is Apple and Spotify, obviously. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to these guys in the next 20 minutes. So, uh, without further ado, you can find if anyone cares, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify on Twitter at if anyone cares underscore at Riley James IAC on Twitter and Instagram. And we thank you so much for supporting the show. It's five stars, nice comments on on Apple, and enjoy the show. I think it's gonna be good. But that's my hope and that's my intention. You know what? Just hit the music. Playing us into If Anyone Cares, Do Ya by Denny. On the line right now, all the way in a damp basement somewhere in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have our first ever show with two guests, but they're a member of the same band called Denny. We got uh, Alex Rollins and a man that just goes by the name Sully. What's going on, guys? Hey, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, I've been so, looking forward to it. Sully, I just want to kick this kick this thing off with you. Um, 
typical rock star situation, rocking with one name. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the story behind Sully? Uh, so it's the the last name is Sullivan. Actually, uh, it got extra confusing because my first name is actually Alex, and, and I don't share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh we were gonna fight over it, but uh yeah, I've just kind of gone by Sully pretty much since I was in grade school. You know, with the last name Sullivan, it just kind of gets slapped onto you no matter what. So it uh it stuck, and uh, I. I don't know. I've never really introduced myself as Sully until I realized how confusing it was to introduce myself as also Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, typical frontman guy yeah. just I mean, stealing the name away from you and making yeah. go with a nickname. I sat him down. I was like, dude, my ego is massive. We And we're going to figure this out, and you just have to go by a different name. So I, I picked, of course, just a, a one-word name because <laughs> my ego is equally massive. Which pissed me off because I was like, dude, I want to have a one-word name. I'm the front man. What the hell? <laughs> I love this banter. This is so different for me because I've never... In, I, it's been a long time since I've interviewed two people at once. So just to see you go back and forth, it's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. This is what we... Never this let, is what band... Every single studio session or band practice is usually 90% banter and nonsense and 10% actually getting stuff done. So welcome to the club. Welcome to the team. This is great. Am I like the official media member of Denny the Van now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean you came up with our safe word, so I think that I think that makes you our publicist and media member. Absolutely. I mean we, we won't say it because obviously it's a safe word. Don't want to ruin it. No, we won't yeah. say it. No, say it. no, no yeah. it's it's good to know the safe word is there though, you know, and it's you know, especially with the three of us, but I'll <laughs> I'll mostly be watching so this is gonna give a lot of mystery to the listener. Like what's their safe word? Also why do they have a safe word, and why did they decide to have a safe word before the call even started? I had to take a second to make sure I remembered the safe word. <laughs> I wrote it down. I got sticky notes <laughs> on me at all times. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> if this thing starts going south, we need to get out. We're going to say it. Uh, no. But, uh, again, I, I thank you guys so much for making the time. This is, this is great. Um, Alex, I, since I've asked Sully a question, I want to ask you a question now. Can you kind of give some insight about how this this band kind of came together and give yeah. us the backstory? Yeah. Um, so Sully and I actually met, uh, God, we were freshmen in college, and I was, I've been writing songs since I was a little kid. Um, you know, Garage Band, when it first got added to the iMac, like I was, I was in elementary school, and I remember being able to like record my own songs. They all sounded like really vampire weekend attempt like covers um and and so i i started doing that and then i I met sully in college and i was looking for bandmates i went to college literally to find people i could be in a band with not to i don't know make use of the fifty thousand dollar year tuition but to actually just meet people i could play which i could have done that bad i could have gone somewhere else you know um so i put up a flyer looking for a, a a bass player and sully's roommate emailed me and was like hey dude my roommate plays drums i'm like that doesn't really help me but whatever close enough um and then we got a burger together our freshman year college in the cafeteria and uh and and so we started a band in college we dropped out of college we toured we made records we signed record deals um and then watched it all burn up in front of our eyes very very quickly and that was about two years before Denny started. Um, 
and we hit a point where we were like, let's never play music together again. This sucks. The music industry is terrible, which like all true. But uh, then I, I, I always wanted to write pop music. Um, pop music is really what like is the stuff I love. But I spent so long like cooped up in my own brain thinking I got to be cool. I got to I got to be Radiohead. I got to be like I got to be not cool. I can't be pop. I have to be like edgy and different. Um, and I thought that was deny that and and so i started writing pop music and i mean from there it was just like chemistry and uh thousands of hours just practicing and writing music together um and we've been we've been together since then randon our third member who unfortunately cannot be with us tonight bless his soul he's alive he's alive don't worry um he's tied up in the corner right now because i because he didn't get the talking points uh he uh he was in a session for our song Bloom. He was an assistant at the at the studio we were working at. And Bloom, that song was actually what we were about to just like kind of say, screw it, we're done. And then I wrote that track, showed it to the to the to Sully, and he was like, Okay, we gotta do this. So we did it. Randon happened to be in that session. Um, and then like, I don't know. It was it was very romantic and and beautiful, but I don't really remember how it happened. But I think I sat him down at a brewery and I was like, Do you wanna be in my band? And he was like are you asking me to be in your band? And I was like, yeah. And that was it. It was super romantic. It was, we had candles, <laughs> candles and everything. We made no eye contact. Rehearsed the speech. It's like, uh, okay, I had to like give, give him a little pep talk. Yeah, we, Sully and I uh, in a past life went through like the absolute hell, hell, hell of the worst the music industry can do. And, uh, you know, Sully lived in his car for a while. We were broke. We dropped out of college. Um, you know, nothing, nothing, we gave up everything and nothing worked. We, we got, we got starry eyed to begin with yeah. and just made every mistake that you can make. All like, the mistakes a 19 year old can make in a band. Like we made them. Um, and then it all blew up on our faces a few years later and everything terrible happened that could happen to a young band at the time. And we were like, as opposed, most people would be like, okay, it's time to not do this anymore. This sucks. We were like, okay, let's do it again. Let's double down. And let's keep going. And since then, um, I mean, that's the best decision we ever made. Because our goal since day one with Denny has been to create our favorite band. Um, there's all these artists that inspire, like me as a writer, and inspire the way we do things. But no one has a complete package of like all of those artists mixed together with our own flavor. And that's what we've been trying to do. And um, every time we release a song, we're releasing music that's ours, but we're also releasing music for our favorite band. And that's always been our goal, our pretty much only goal, because we suck at making goals. <laughs> this ended up being a story of, of redemption and hope, rather than like, hey, we're a college band that yeah. just kind of did it after college. It's yeah. hopeful so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do that's think awesome, we're cursed. Man. We do think we're cursed, but, uh, you know, we... There's... To me, especially like having been do having done this for so long, it's like when I can like we just finished a new single, well, almost finished. Um, and when I finished writing it, I remember hearing like the really like terrible bounce of the of the audio track. And every single time, even those little moments happen where like we finish a demo, I'm like, yeah, this is right. Like this, that, that's the redemption I need, you know, and. Uh, little things like, I mean, not little things. I, this is the biggest thing in the world to me, but, um, 
today I was DMing on Instagram with a fan of ours in Australia. His name's Joel. He's like the coolest person I've ever met in my life. Um, and I really hope he listens to this and hears that because I mean that. And um, he, like, being able to connect with people like that and have our music um, just touch people in that way, in, like, a really personal way where, like, he, I, like if he showed up in Minnesota, I'd be like, dude, stay at my house. Like, you're my friend. Eat my food. Drink my wine. Like, everything. Uh, and that that doesn't happen anywhere else but in music where you can create deep personal connections with people on a different side of a globe for absolutely no reason other than they like a song. And that's, that's what, incredible, man. like, that's the redemption that like our first band, we didn't have that. Um, we had some fans, but we didn't have a deep personal connection. And I always, I actually came up with this recently. And now that you're our media manager, um, <laughs> I, I want to just like run this by, but like, we're the biggest band in the world to a really small group of people. And that makes like everything we do feel more, but like I, there are bands that are way bigger than we are and I don't envy them in any way because they don't have the, they don't have the like raw connection that we have with our fans that, and I'm like, they would be jealous if they knew how, how purely we know our people. It's a strong connection too. It feels, it feels like a relationship really. The support that we get from, from the people who are really into our music is incredible. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know another way to describe it other than it does feel like a like a relationship. And it's changed over the last couple of years because when we started, it was all about like, you know, our, we had we had a manager very 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 early on, uh, and she she was all about like, you know, trying to get other cool bands to tweet about us, and it, it helped. And like she fell off the off the map after a couple months, and what and then we you know we cycled through different people that wanted to help us grow, and but what didn't change were the people. And there are people that, you know, we released our first demo. We threw a demo on SoundCloud in 2015. And I remember certain people in, engaging with us in 2015 that are still are, like, just as fervently into Denny as they were back then. They fly to shows. No one flies to see a, a local Minneapolis band open for another artist in Minneapolis from, like, Philadelphia or Utah or California or Texas. But people do that for us. and. Um, that's, it used to be all about, like, I just wanted to write music for myself. And now it's like, I'm still writing about me and I'm writing for me at first and foremost, but, um, it, it kind of stops right after that. It's about being able to maintain an, a connection and, you know, a, honestly, like a friendship with a lot, a lot of our fans. Like it, it goes beyond that where we, they know us personally, we know them personally, and it's, you just can't do that without music like music is the only conduit to that kind of relationship i think with strangers from other parts of the world unless you're on like second life or something which i've never been but you know <laughs> i i do agree <laughs> i told you i ramble dude this is what happens so i'll let that one sit um no this is this is the thing though with i i so much agree with the sentiment that no matter how small you might be, you're very large to someone. And yeah. you even said that almost exact quote in your answer to see all these different, like you made the tweet. I was going to make the joke off the jump about the tweet you just put up like an hour ago about you guys should be bigger. How are you guys oh, yeah. not big yet? Like, all, like all this different stuff. I mean, I, I, I had my music or I had your music playing in my office today. Yeah. I love just kind of reaction, let... you know. It's it's a great reaction to get when people say that. Like, why why aren't you bigger? It's 
I'd so much rather have that than be this gigantic band and have people, you know, call us overrated. Really? Because I, I tweeted that I want to be called overrated. Did you, did you, did you tweet that? <laughs> oh, shoot. I meant, to, I meant to kind of, I'm like, but what I meant was like. What's the safe word? Everybody's, yeah, dude, you got <laughs> to bug out here. Everybody's like always, um, that's like the number one thing I see online. Not, not number one thing, but like, so uh, I'm going to, I don't think you saw the tweet, so I'm going to give you a little context. Um, like three times in one day, someone, different people commented like, how are these guys not bigger? How, how is this band not super famous? How do they not have a hundred thousand, you know, views on YouTube? Um, and it, and to a lot of people, I think that's like, you know, kind of a, like a sideways compliment of like, yes, you deserve to be bigger, but also you're not why. Um, and to me, I'm like, okay, we've been everyone's been saying we're underrated for so long. Like I'd like to be overrated for a second, just for a few years. You know, you, I want people to really hate us. I want, I want like, I want to be oversaturated just cause I think we, I mean, I personally think we deserve it, but I, I want to hear our music over the loudspeaker at Macy's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's, that's why, why really the sign you've made it is. Can we Macy's. double down? Can we talk about why specifically Macy's for a second? <laughs> Um, it was the the first thing that that came to mind where I, when I thought of where exactly I would like to be when I listen to our music is in the just just hanging out inside of a clothing rack at Macy's, <laughs> listening to music. That's where it's where I get my playlists. Uh, I usually stop by my local Target and sit in the concession stand. Ooh, I I think that the concession stand, like the little cafeteria thing at Target, is the most, and you know. I'm going to just be topical here. The most underrated dining experience in America. Can I say pers on a personal note that I actually used to work at one of those? Oh, and, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say that because I really did my best to make that experience as pleasant as I possibly could. We're digging deep into the history right now. I mean, that's we the are. only place you can get an icy besides like an AMC theater, right? Right. And you, you can even mix the flavors. That's actually how we met. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is the B version of our history that is actually way more entertaining and interesting. That is actually what we should stick with from now on. That we met, we met at a Target cafeteria. <laughs> Does it have a name? Like, is it? Is that have a? Is that a branded place? It's. I think it's technically like Food Avenue. It's. It's. Wait, really? Say. I think so. or Pizza Hut. Well, they serve Pizza Hut and they mm -hmm. serve pretzels and ices and nachos and. Dude, that, they probably have like D'Amico and Sons like salads and stuff now too. That, so I mean, if anyone from Target Corporate is listening to this, you know, this is why I go by an alias is because you <laughs> can't find me. But the best part about you know working at pizza places like that is if you screw the pizza up, you actually get to eat it. You know, it's like ah, oh, I made my favorite. Sounds like a really like damn it average best thing to have happen. <laughs> uh, Tar Target Corp. <laughs> Yeah. You, this is this is my alias, even though you said your name at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> hey, we're not the best at this stuff, but we're you know we're trying. <laughs> yeah, that that was like what fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, about seventeen, uh, according to my clock. That's good. Um, <laughs> this is not where I thought we'd end up, <laughs> and we're this, only just this beginning. Is this is the journey is going to keep going here. Yeah, we still have over half this thing left to go. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, one last in. thing about the target. Yeah, Food Avenue is a terrible name for anything. Yeah, and two. <laughs> objectively, yeah. I think like uh, I'm picturing the meeting where like the target like creative team had some branding specialists, and that they're paying like five grand an hour 
And they're like, what should we call it? And like, well, it's a food that you also walk. It's like kind of grab and go. Oh, like a, like a road. But what's a fancier name for a road? An avenue. And then they just said, yeah. screw it. Let's just call it Food Avenue. Like somebody in the mm-hmm. back, like some disgruntled intern was like, why don't you all shut up? And they call it Food Avenue. The, the intern, yeah, I wanted to put an accent in Avenue to make it look Frenchier. <laughs> That's my biggest pet peeve. Actually, I have a long list of pet peeves, um, which we could get into if you really wanted to. But um, adding unnecessary E's to things, like or P-E, like on shop, I hate that. <laughs> I love this. Such this a is weird the, pet peeve to have. This this is a real pet peeve too. This is a, a hill that he has died on multiple times. But think about it. Think about it for a second. It bugs you too. You just might not have realized it yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. As the host of this show, I'm going to steer it back to something <laughs> where people are like listening to this for information on you guys. And we got very target. like Joe Rogany there for a second, just talking about nothing. That's good. Hey, we're chasing Joe Rogan. He's the number one podcast in America. Hundred million dollars. It's amazing. And some elk meat and some heat, some heat shock proteins. <laughs> yeah, for a stoner to talk about working out a lot. <laughs> back on track. We're going back on track. We're 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 there. We're good. We're back. Okay, we're all together. <laughs> we're this all together. Is so weird for me. I haven't. I don't ever have to steer two people. It's usually just the one. So this is a learning experience for all of us. <laughs> All right, going going back to your first song on Spotify. Yes. Now, admittedly, something that was edited out earlier, research is really not something that was easy to do on you guys. Yeah. So, I'm going back to the first song on Spotify, which is Bloom. Yes. Now, you told the story about, um, you know, hey, let's just add you to the band since yeah. you're since you're here. Yeah. Um, it's the first thing on there. It does it mean anything to you um as far as being the first song you have from 2016 on yeah, this list? Yeah, that um that song is actually the reason we're a band. It's right that's that's why we stayed together to make like uh to make music. Um so I wrote Bloom <clears throat> uh give you a little history. Uh our first band dissolved um 3 years before Denny started and when it dissolved, uh, I was pissed. I was angry. Um, I was, I was, for the first time in my life, kind of facing the reality that, you know, there are people out there that suck, and they don't care about you as a person or your art or what you're making. They care about advancing their own, you know, causes essentially. And we we. We were in a situation where we um, we really got screwed over by making bad decisions first and foremost. I'm old enough now where I can take responsibility for it. But we we got to a point where a song like Bloom happened. I wrote that in 10 minutes because I was so upset and, and then sat on it for three years. And we our first band dissolved because... Um, of a lot of reasons around legal stuff and a, and a, and a label and management... Um, but also because we kind of like fallen out of love with what we were doing. And Bloom was like, it's a rock song. It's a hard, fuzzy rock song. And um, that's not what I wanted Denny to be when we started, which is the irony is that it like it, when that song came out, it blew up in a way that like our previous releases and previous uh, uh, bands never did um, where, you know, we were getting global attention for a few months around that song. And, we 
it, the irony to me was that like I wrote that song about how much I hated making music um, and feeling like I I had come in completely like I was just totally lost and um, just made too many bad decisions and was angry at certain people in the music industry that, uh, with our first band and um, needed to get it all off my chest. And then I sat on it for three years and we didn't release any music for three years in any type of project, no bands, we had nothing. And then we started Denny and we, we had these like pop demos and we put those out and people like those were like, okay, we should officially release something. And then we put out a hard rock song and we had no, like the rest of our catalog, all of our demos at the time had nothing to do with that. Like the song that came out after that was girls like you, which is a pop ballad. You know, it's, it's very clean, like shimmery pop. And that's what, like Denny was going to be, but we had this one rock song and it was like, well, we might as well put it out. And so we did. And it, and it went places and it was surprising. And then we didn't release music for like, did, was that you? That was not me. Um, we that was really, me. That's on me. <laughs> we didn't release music for like 18 months because we were totally confused. People were like, Denny's this sweet hard rock band. And we're, I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> um, but it was the first. It was the first time where uh, people really had recognized what we like. Sully and I have been together for like most of our lives, and Bloom was the first time people were like, "Holy, shit, this is cool." Um, and to me, I was like, "Well, yeah, I know that. I've been like sitting on this song for three years. I know it's cool." And it was kind of a moment to get a chip off, the, like polish a chip on the shoulder, and prove that we could do it. Um, but it was also absolutely not what we wanted to be as a band <laughs> yeah, I, I think kind of after releasing that we did kind of have to do a, a little bit of soul searching you know kind of recognizing that we do have a natural aggression i think that comes with our songwriting and with our our sort of musical style but you know it's how do we take that aggression and channel it in, in more the direction you know that we wanted to go like in actual place? like healthy emotional reactions of things versus just i took my guitar and i slammed it up against an amp mm-hmm. in f sharp or no C sharp, C minor, C sharp minor, and that's like what blew. It's it was literally kind of an accident. I like I was so angry, I just started. I Kurt Cobain my guitar and hit it as hard as I could, yeah. and that's what happened. I started that song by smashing the drum, not even the the actual drums, just the rims of the drums. And the cool thing is that that song never changed from the demo, but uh, we just polished it up. But the funny thing is, we had a manager at the time before we were even Denny. We had that song recorded. And I showed it to him being like, this is kind of cool, right? And he was like, he really kind of on the whole thing. And he didn't think it was cool. And he's like, you need to be going more in the route of this. He sent me some music and it was just like the most generic indie pop. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. Um, And so releasing Bloom was kind of a kind of a middle finger to that whole situation to be like, no, we're going to do what we want. And then we when we released Bloom, we met uh, a new manager who who's been just an amazing confidant and friend for the last five years who was like, you guys like do whatever, whatever you do is going to be cool because you're doing it and you're Denny and no one else is Denny and just do you. And he was super supportive and like mentoring and coaching us through that. And we took a long time to release music after that, but releasing bloom was like the right personal step for us to be like, okay, this song's got to come out because it's too good not to release. But Let's just throw this out there, see what happens, and and then we'll go from there. We didn't have a plan after that, but it allowed us to, like, releasing a song that heavy 
for a pop group is like we can go anywhere and so it allowed us to put a second song out that was like exactly what we wanted to do without having any you know any predispositions about what it's going to be yeah it feels good that we, we it feels like we haven't pigeonholed ourselves you know from the get-go just sort of trying to flex our stylistic muscles a little bit right from the very beginning i think that gives us a lot of creative leeway now where we can we you know we can still release things and surprise people i hope but i think that having this wide of a perspective to begin with has been <laughs> back of your head <laughs> <laughs> um so i want to talk about my favorite song that you guys put out let's hear it Girls like you, mm. mm-hmm. it is it is incredible. It is brilliant. Thank you. And I listen, and it's funny you you said that like you listen to Bloom, and then like right on after that is, is Girls Like You, and it's so different. I had that moment today. I just had it playing in the back. I was working on some other projects, and it was just a staggering difference. I had to make sure it was the same band. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you guys I didn't cycle out. Yeah. Um. Girls Like You is incredible. So can you kind of give me a background on that song? We're good. We're good. I'm just going to move okay, this. Good. I, I thought Sully had elbowed the space bar, but we're, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> um, yeah, so Girls Like You. I wrote that song um, about three years ago, and how it started was uh, I just graduated from college, and... Um, was sitting in my house in Minneapolis and had purchased one of those rickety little like thrift store Casio tone keyboards and was I had boxes from moving and I was going through those boxes and playing around this keyboard and I found a, a journal entry in a, a diary of mine from um, a couple years before like kind of my reckless youth days and uh it said, I think this night is playing trick on our, tricks on our hearts in all caps. And I'm not usually one for that kind of like diary emo, like just spilling words onto a page type thing. But something happened that I wrote that in a diary when I was 18 or 19. And I found it a few years later. And I heard that line in my head and just started, just started to write um, about a night that I remember from being 18 or 19 and um, creating a, a world. Cause Denny, Denny really is a persona to us. And I want to, I want to create like cinematic moments for everything. And I wanted girls like you to be lyrically and sonically just like a scene. Like you could feel like you could smell the air. You can feel the humidity. You can feel the water, like all those things matter. And I wrote that song in about 10 minutes and from start to finish and had it a voice note on a little Casio tone and um, brought it to our studio in St. Paul and we demoed it that weekend. It didn't change from the, from the voice note. And I sent it to our manager and he was like, he tends to react positively when he really likes things. And that text was like, we got to get out to LA and, and make that song. Um, but it's a memory. It's a, I write a lot from like fragments of memories from when I was younger, like a kid and like from high school and, and like my early, like 18, 19, 20. And that song is entirely literal in the most like 
recklessly over the top romantic kind of I was trying to live out a movie way. And then we brought it to LA with our producer Eric and he I told him the story and he was like, Okay, well we gotta like double down on that and up the ante and make it even more like cinematic and make it feel like a movie. Um so that song is like that song is like the the to me it's the introductory film about Denny. Is that Girls Like You to me is a it's a whole movie in three and a half minutes and um everything I want to do as a songwriter and as an artist kind of starts from that, from those first couple chords and that synthesizer. It's like, that's the introduction of Danny. And that's what it was really meant to be was our, it was like our, our, our first calling card. Yeah. That, uh-huh. that was the first one too, that we tracked in Los Angeles. And some of the fun that we had with that was uh, figuring out how to make those big moments. You know, we, cause we, we put out bloom before this and that was a song that obviously had its, had its big moments, you know, giant fuzzy guitars, heavy percussion. And, Part of the fun with producing Girls Like You was figuring out, you know, how to take those aggressive giant moments and, you know, make them, you know, direct them towards the Denny that we wanted to be, you know, the the idea that we had. Yeah. And I wanted to write a song for a long time about, like, being in love and not knowing whether or not it was with a person or with a moment. And I wanted to make that moment with a song. And that's what Girls Like You is. That is that is incredible, and it really stuck out to me. And I saw chronologically it is the the second song, but you you guys have talked about how different Bloom is. Yeah, to have that be your really the first card you throw down the table is like, hey, this is really us. This yeah. is what we planned on doing uh, after the little audible we took. Like yeah. this is this is great. And I I sat down and listened to it. It stuck out to me as probably the the. I don't want to say the best. It's so subjective, but my favorite song of the day. So to hear the story awesome. behind it's incredible. Yeah. And the the whole falling in love with a person or a moment thing, as someone who's 19 years old right now, it's it's definitely something I've experienced pretty yeah. recently. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I in the journal that I found, like a lot of the lyrics for the song, like the verses, um, were just poems that I had written in a journal when I was just going through some stuff at 19, like. My parents were getting divorced. Like I was in weird flux with relationships, uh, kind of figuring out who I was. And you know, you, I, I chose to act out a lot in that, like against those things. And like I didn't know what to do, so I kind of just exploded. And that led to like I wanted to kind of feel that. That's why the choruses are so like it's just like a release because that song really was me finding, you know finding catharsis in in these poems and these lines from a journal from just a couple years before I wrote the song. And it was like looking back on, it's like nostalgia, but like nostalgia is like 15 years ago. And I was writing about like two or three years um, before we, before I wrote the song. And so it's like these brief little moments and um, every single line in that song can be traced back to a, to a real thing that I either was a part of or I saw, or I was like, you know, standing on the shore looking at, you know, something. And, um, it's all, it's also very much so about Minnesota in the summer, humid, kind of disgusting, not Louisiana, but kind of disgusting, hot. Um, but there's like a romance that comes with humid summer nights and big, huge stars. And that's, I wanted to capture all of that sonically and lyrically and, um, it's my favorite song uh, that we've released. 
I have new favorites, but in terms of what we release, like I love all of our songs, but I love girls like you with a with a personal level of connection that I just don't have with everything else. I want to go to more from the audio side to the video side. That some of the music videos you guys have, have released, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are already laughing about it, which is great. So you know where I'm. I'm yeah. kind of heading with this. Are those are those outfits that you guys would rock on the street? Yes. Okay. Just simple, short. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I don't want. I don't need to go. I don't need to ramble about this, but. Um, fashion like film and fashion inspire me musically just as much as other music like other artists do like my favorite records so clothing and actually not clothes clothing is the is the is the thing fashion and like style as an art form and film really inspire me so being able to combine music film and art or and and fashion all together um you know, some of the outfits are just us trying to like achieve an aesthetic for a video, but I mean, I've worn half that stuff at shows. Mm-hmm. You like Sully's, Sully's the most like left field dresser. <laughs> yeah. Once I started wearing crop tops out and about, you know, to bars and stuff, that was, was dad and kimonos. I think it's, yeah, but if you ran into us in Minneapolis on an average day, 90% chance we're wearing something like that. I'm into it, man. <laughs> I'm into it. It's great. No, it's you guys express yourselves in so many different ways. Why not with what you wear? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I just I enjoyed that very much. Where's the best place people to find uh, you singing also in video form? YouTube.com slash Denny TV is the and as our media manager, feel free to step in here. But that's the best place to to see all of our videos everything's on there um and including some unreleased music and demo form that we just decided to put out um we're gonna do a lot more of that but youtube is the is the place to go that's the place to go for any videos ever ever pretty much i mean i'm on there a few times uh do you remember like the old platforms like uh what was How old are you talking about? Like late two thousands. Late two thousands. It's just like, like the the MySpace video players. Yeah, but there are other ones. Oh, you, are you talking about like torrenting links and playing them on QuickTime? There's there was one big one that was like the alternative. It was like the the safer YouTube, and then there was like the one where it was just like random aggregation, mm-hmm. like basically E bombs world, but on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay, we're doing so a, a deeper deep historical let's, dive no i want to i want to go down this let's <laughs> let's kind of adventure all right how how old are you guys we are i'm 28 i'm 29 there's a little bit of a generational gap between you guys and me i'm 19 i i think so i think that like i'm just slightly closer to being able to buy a house sometime in my life i don't know if it's gonna be possible for me but like i think we're part of that generation yeah um I think if did you do you know what E bombs world is? No. Okay, yeah. I mean that was like the very, very mm-hmm. I was like probably the last year of people who ever used that website. Do you so remember if you funny don't, junk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're like uh right at the ed, end of millennials. And so E bombs world. If you don't know what that See, is, 
then, no. then yes, you are, you, are, you, are, you are right. You are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the elder TikTok generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, which I just be... got on TikTok and like since uh, quarantine release happened in March and it is the best, most fascinating Wild West. Like having grown up on MySpace and like kind of, you know, primordial internet. Um, not really. Pretty advanced in 2010, 2015. Yeah. But like TikTok is, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. a cool, it's cool, but it's also like anything go like on an average day, my for you page can be like homeless guys, like do like, like just chatting in a circle. And then like, I'll swipe to the next one and it'll be like this dude in like Southeast Asia riding a motorcycle, just laughing at the camera. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like, some guy from Atlanta doing a workout routine and I'm like, what is this? What is this? Like, this is the best thing in the world. It's like the purest form of like random human connection. It's like the entire breadth of the human experience in one place. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok is the, the most quintessential thing when you think about the internet is TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also might be the worst place on the internet. (laughs) Yes. Because it is a representation of the internet, which is terrible within itself. Yeah. And the like to me when I'm when I'm on it I'm like it's got such a dystopian sort of black mirror um, this is the future that we've predicted where people just post weird random videos of themselves I also like especially when I'm watching people just like lip sync to a song I'm like how is this popular how is someone just <laughs> looking at a camera lip singing like how is that got a hundred fifty thousand views and likes and the song that we spent three months working on that's like 2000. How is that possible? But that's, that's the, I mean, that's why it blows my mind and why I love it so much is that it is really like the complete wild west. Do you want to promote your TikTok? Denny.com. That's our TikTok. Actually, I should do that. Our, our team, our, our management, our public, they're always like, dude, you need to be, you need to be posting like every single day. And I'm like, I can barely get through just watching this stuff because it's so fascinating (laughs) to like come up with something to post. But yes, denny.com that's our tiktok we do this little thing where we spin hot dogs sully it's the funny i think it's funny we have a sense of humor you know i take it really seriously i've become really good (laughs) at spinning hot dogs (laughs) but yes yeah this is i mean the internet man yeah i'm so thankful for the internet because it's one of the reasons i actually have a job yeah which is great and that's you know not bad mouth on the internet but it also might be the worst thing about people there is you can just like TikTok has really shown me that there are things that people think and say and do that they really should never share with other humans. <laughs> I'm all about expression and just like doing your thing, but like sometimes I'm like, you shouldn't have put that on the. That's that's you shouldn't put that out. There. Yeah, some thoughts need to stay on the <laughs> like, inside. Self censoring some things is a really healthy habit to develop, and I, I I'm on TikTok and I'm like, yeah. You should just save that one to your drafts next time and think about it for a few days. Because there's some stuff. I'm like, what? There's no filter. And filters are good sometimes. My Twitter drafts are just a thing of of pure, I don't want to say beauty, because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> uh, it, it is it is pure chaos, let's just say that, yeah, of just that, random that's things. The, the black box that you, you guard, guard with your life. Some, somebody hacks into those, it's game Sometimes over. I go into into the band's account, I look at the Twitter drafts, and I delete them, because I'm like, these are things I thought were, were funny in a moment. And then I'm like, I'm really glad I never said that. 
I'm really glad I never <laughs> tweeted that because it, A, either makes no sense and would only be funny to me, or B, was just like so stupid that even I don't, I don't want that the, the guys to log in and see what I have in the drafts. I'm going to delete them right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Live on the show. Live on the show. <laughs> Live on a show that is not live. This is this is just beautiful content. This is this is my favorite side of the internet. Is this deleting Twitter drafts live on a podcast? Our conversations are like random Reddit threads that like don't make any sense sometimes. Reddit's another place. Okay, let's move back to (laughs) what you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to your job. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> just this conversation's gotten—it's ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to Dave. anyways. Moving on, um, I want to talk about the song you guys like lent me to be able to play on the show. Do you? Um, it's it's a bop, man. It's yeah. a great song. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, is is there anything special about the song that we should know? I mean, it. I think it's special, but uh, yeah, that song, uh. We recorded that last spring, right? Yeah. 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 In LA. So we were this is this is kind of cool. We um we were staying in John Lennon's old house in a, in Laurel Canyon. Um and we were making some music and I had this demo where do you remember the original demo from that song? Yeah. It was just that bass line and I was like I was just kind of shouting, "Do ya?" <laughs> and I thought nothing of it and I brought it to our studio in LA and showed it to our producer. And he was like, this is fire. Like you, you need to work on this. We need to make this as track. Um, and we wrote it in the studio kind of, kind of just stream of consciousness, like wanting to write a song about, um, I mean, I'm not really personally connected to that track, uh, but it, it was probably the most fun we've ever had in a studio. Mm-hmm. We we're like sampling flutes and like really getting, using the studio as an instrument, just creating sounds and created an, like, I still don't know what the chorus is because we, we just kind of made that. It all happened in like a, a, a soup and it just happened at once. We've been, we've been arguing about where the chorus is for ever since that song <laughs> came out. We still don't know which, which part is the chorus. <laughs> and that's the best, like, that's kind of how the song happened was we had this bass line that I wrote like right before we went to LA and this little like, do ya? And I just, that, kind of is what started it and then we just built this whole world around it and ev- every other part of that song just kind of came out like that you know it was just whatever came out we worked with it yeah i mean my favorite part of that song is um there are a lot of different types of flute sampled in that recording and we created instruments which like to me is the coolest thing ever like some of those flute and like sample stuff that the pads and things we created on the synthesizer stuff was created from scratch out of thin air and that's i think what makes the atmosphere so cool and i i think my greatest lyrical achievement ever is just we needed to have like a big moment and i i was like on a walk with our producer um trying to figure out where to go with it and he was just like he used kept doing this he said what if you went like a up to this note and I just shouted out damn girl in the same voice on the, as on the song. And it was so mad. Like there are moments when you're making a rec, like making a song that are just pure magic. And that was, I was so nervous. I was like, we're going from like 
uh, girls like you, and then I'm gonna just I'm gonna shout damn girl, and it's gonna be sassy and like cathartic at the same time, and there it was. And there it is, so there and now it it's is. being played on the If Anyone Cares podcast. Thank yeah. you so much for for letting me let me play that for you guys. Yeah, I'm I'm very I mean it hasn't happened yet. Again, this is not a live show, so <laughs> I haven't actually pieced it together. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, I got it. I, I get you it. get it. I get you. Oh, yeah, they've been listening for 44 of these. They know how it works. <laughs> this is great. Um. Okay, so you mentioned you recorded the track in in spring, right? Yeah. It's it says on Spotify it released in October. Now that's a very large gap. Now, how frustrating, or I guess like, how anxious do you get that you record something and work on it forever, and it takes so long to release? Like, is there any any nerves about it finally coming out? Do you ever get nervous about? About releasing tracks, uh, I, I get a little bit, you know, antsy about wanting to release more music sometimes, you know. I think the there's a the tendency to want to filter out, you know, and put out the best that you have, you know. But if there's if there's one thing we've learned from TikTok, it's that that doesn't really matter as much as you think it does. Yeah. I. That's just typically how things roll with release schedules and stuff, you know, and... I I handle like a lot of our PR and everything like work with working with direct with our publicists and stuff and so to me I the minute we finish a song I'm like we need to put this out tomorrow and then I bring it um, to our team and they're like cool like we got to spend six weeks kind of figuring out a strategy um, and so well yes I get super anxious I also have just kind of accepted it as like that's the way you know getting a song mixed and master takes time getting a PR camp shooting like I want to have all of our songs ready to go with like videos and stuff before we even release it so it's like anxiety meets excitement meets I'm just kind of used to it um at this point but what we're trying to do now like TikTok allows this but also just putting stuff out whenever even if it's not finished is such a cool way to connect with people and like continue to release music even if it's not like a big official release so we've been doing that which kind of negates the we haven't released an official spotify song in a few months thing which is going to change because we're just about to finish the song so can can i can i say man that it still blows my mind that you live under sea level like below (laughs) below the ocean there's nothing that scares me more than open water and the idea of being underneath it like it, it it feels to me like you're you're brave for doing this and i just i just wanted to you know give you the props that you deserve for that sully i didn't pick it (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I certainly did not choose to live here. <laughs> this That's is fun. where uh, my beloved parents chose <laughs> to like, hey, we're going to settle here mm. down below the Gulf of Mexico. Literally underwater, but not. Mm-hmm. And we'll, f- we'll figure it out. <laughs> no, hurricanes are tough. Hurricanes are certainly tough. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine, but I imagine that it's not easy. Yeah. I mean... Thankfully, we haven't had too much of a disaster in my lifetime. We've had like her, like we had a Category Five hurricane when I was six or five, oh. and then we had Hurricane Harvey a few years ago that hit us yeah. as well. Just the but no one talked about us. We're not Houston, so they didn't talk about us. <laughs> Same thing's um, happening in in Iowa right now. Like the whole state is literally destroyed, and it's not even it's not being talked about mm-hmm. at all. 
this is a this is getting dangerous too close to like media censorship of things and that's not this type of show <laughs> we just we just got so serious there after talking <laughs> oh man do you straight to i was really not in a good <laughs> spot really no not. one's talking about it <laughs> uh, i drove through iowa like two weeks ago i mean there is yeah. nothing there so i don't i don't I don't know how many fans we have in Billings, Montana, but I would be curious. Like I've been once. Um, I don't know a lot of people who go to Billings. What was what's your impression of Billings, Montana? Billings, Montana, for me, one, it is. It was August when I oh. went, so it was last week, <laughs> and it was absolutely wonderful to wake up and it wasn't already ninety-five degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up at like seven thirty one morning. It was fifty five, which was, uh, you know, it's beautiful, staggering at first. Which for you guys, that's normal. For me, at <laughs> like seven thirty in the morning, it should be eighty eight. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Yeah, that's that. what we do every single day. I'm always sweating, even indoors. Yeah. Uh, when I was there, I was there last fall for a couple days, and. They apparently get like a five every five years. They get like a plague of locusts. <laughs> what? Could, I'm not like I. So this uh, person I was working with out there was like, um, I was like, what? Why are there ten thousand literal locusts on every street corner right now? And she was like, well, this just happens every few years. I'm like, and you still live here? Like, <laughs> you still live in a place where there are locust plagues regular? Like five years is pretty regular. Dude, that's like one of the darkest parts of the Bible, and they chose that. They chose, and and like, I had a My white purpose. car, and uh, the whole front of the white car was black by the end of it. It was just so thick driving, and she was just like, "Yeah, I live here, and this is what happens every few years." I'm like, "Okay, all right, that's kind of all I needed to know." Her black vehicle was white when she first started living there. <laughs> yeah, um. but I will say. <laughs> Flying into Billings, Montana is one of the coolest airports in the U.S. Because you land on a plateau, so you like come in. It's super high winds. Oh, that's and you like neat. you're like landing above the city, and you like look. It's like it's like being in Louisiana. You could be on a boat looking down into a city. Same thing <laughs> <in Billings. laughs> you land on the airplane, and you're looking down into the city. All right, these unnecessary shots in my home state. <laughs> Jeez, no, we're actually right by the airport though, because they have the rim rocks around the city. Okay. Yeah. And I was out there. I was out there filming a documentary, so we just kind of like set up our cameras and stuff, kind of getting the the sun going down on these rim rocks, and we just see planes flying above us, and they're getting really close. Yeah. And we realize there's an airport behind us, international airport, by the way. Yep. Because Canada's maybe 17 minutes away. Right. It was it was a wild time because it was so loud. The planes were coming in right right behind us, but. Overall impression of Billings, just like as a city, not just the weather. It, it was all right. It's it's twice as big as Lake Charles, okay, which is cool as far as population. But Lake Charles is a little bit more compact because we're all trying to stay together. And in <laughs> case a flood does hit us, we can all yeah. kind of hop in hop in different boats that are stationed I, I, around the city. Like Billings, I'd give it like a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. It's pretty so what is that? What is what is that? What is that out of five? It's like out of five, that's uh, three point two five. Three point two five. That's math. We did math yeah. right there, guys. This applause. this is an educational podcast. <laughs> this that's what I've been saying for forty four episodes. <laughs>
if if you're just looking for something to pop on one day for your kids, this is a podcast that breeds educational value. Do you want we care about kids? the minds of the children across this country and across this globe because we are we are a global show. Mm-hmm. We're in global. all continents that have people. And this is, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. And maybe even the continents continents that don't have people that have you know maybe four people because they're all scientists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gotta do. They have to do something all day. Yeah, we we gotta translate this into Russian and French and whatever other scientists need. And thank you, thank you, Billings, Montana, for being a catalyst for this type of education. Ah oh, man, Shout Billings out to the city to the Billings. Look, I, I will say, I will say this about my my beloved home. I love Louisiana. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I love the state that I grew up in, mm-hmm. partially because I have to. But mostly because I, I grew up here and it, it's very, I'm, I'm very fond of it. But we are 49th overall in education. Yeah. And thank God for Mississippi. Yeah. M- thank you, Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi's actually 50, which is, I mean, it's, it's bad. They are terrible. That's, yeah. Oof. You, I mean, I hate Mississippi. I, I don't think I, I don't, I just don't think like there's anything Louis- good. Is that like a Louis, like a, because I know everybody, like Minnesotans have this thing where it's like, Wisconsin is not a real place. Um, <laughs> we're, we're obligated to hate Wisconsin, you know. And like, I kind of believe it because I, I can't tell you if I've ever actually been to Wisconsin. But is Mississippi like the Wisconsin of Minnesota's of Louisiana? It, it, okay, that was a lot to track. But to answer your question, yes. <laughs> is it? Is I that, hate. That didn't, that didn't make sense to me. Is so. it because of college football? <laughs> Partially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> partially no i just hate mississippi uh, <laughs> i hate mississippi look I, i'm already here there's like okay what is there you got yeah, let's jackson go. let's, do it. Let's, do it. let's do it jackson terrible city the yeah. only good thing in jackson is their one outback and that's even subpar <laughs> oxford mississippi is just pretentious what you have a grove and people are just hanging out there on Thursdays waiting for a subpar old miss team to play and lose by 40 at home to some rando team they brought in. Uh, Mississippi State, you got Stark Vegas down there. Not even not even Dollar General brand. Las Vegas. It is like the lower level stuff. It's like spam. It's like the wow. spam of cities. We're yeah. like so, a, a couple people love it. Mississippi's the worst place on earth. That, that was such a strong opinion that I think that like I sort of I, sh- I share that opinion now like <laughs> it, it's contagious and that was uh, the clean version yeah because we're a family education educational family a podcast show. for the children I have seven bleeps for you guys to bleep out which is going to be fun <laughs> in editing because uh, we're a PG thirteen show yeah you get bleeps for the, you get have bleeps you ever been before uh. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy this is happening. Oh, We're an hour cool. in, and it feels like we just started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy you guys are like, throw some questions at me. You got any questions about me? Interview oh. me for a second. Actually, I do have a question. Um, What's up, man? So you said you were in Billings, Montana, making a documentary. Yep. Uh, what were you covering, and do you do other documentary work? I was at, we were actually on a nine day trip and spent two and a half days in Billings. So that was only barely a third of the trip. Um, we were, I, I say we, I was filming cause I'm the only one who actually filmed anything. 
a documentary about 13 guys going on a road trip across America. Yeah. And uh, it was tough. And we're in stage one of editing right now, which is basically just I look at my laptop for five minutes and go and watch Netflix. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, it's a monumental task. But I have done documentary work before, just not on this large of scale. Very cool. Did you feel inspired going across America or did you feel kind of like upset about it? Well, I mean, I didn't go through Mississippi, so I wasn't pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like to see a bunch of different states I hadn't ever seen before. Like we stopped in Iowa. We stopped in um, and we got five minutes away from Nebraska at any given point on our trip and just actually never went in. Yeah, it's all right. But it's uh, like Mississippi. I'd never been to South Dakota or Wyoming or uh, Montana. Like I'd never been to any of those states. And to see the scenery and the beauty that America has to offer from the Badlands to the Rocky Mountains and even a volcano in New Mexico, like it's just a beautiful country that we have. And to be able to see different parts of it, uh, you know, that's actually above sea level uh, was just a a wonderful thing. I went from negative 20 feet below sea level at one point in my life to 11,000 feet in maybe four days. Oh, Oh, man. Why are you he's taking his shirt off? What are you what are you doing? What? <laughs> it is kind of warm in my basement, so whatever. I'm it used is. to it. He Sully's like the drummer who's always got his shirt off, so I I didn't feel good being in Alex's basement with my shirt on. But not like one of those drummers who's like always got his shirt off. Sully's like the cool version of that. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool with my shirt off. What was your so- what was your favorite uh I mean this is kind of a random like open ended question, but and but like what was your favorite part of driving around the u.s um especially in places like you if you hadn't been to these places before my favorite part is that i drove zero minutes of the trip of a 60 hour <laughs> endeavor that's awesome <laughs> uh, my favorite part was uh actually going through south dakota and driving you know we got to the black hills yeah. and first time really logist like le- legitimately seeing mountains up close and going to the badlands and then Bad coming back dope. through uh, Beartooth Pass in Wyoming was just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Crazy. And yeah. it's something, because, I mean, in Louisiana, we're flat. Yeah. There's nothing. You go up there, it's hills and switchbacks and mountains and, like, these cities just located in valleys. Yeah. Like, it's so different, but it's the same country. And it really had this, like, connectivity to all these other people and all these other states where, like, they're just the same as me. They just live in a completely different area and have a little bit of a culture change. Yeah. It was, it really made me feel connected to the country, which is something that, you know, is not really happening right now. Right. Yeah. Have, did you have any weird wildlife encounters? I mean, I guess like you're from Louisiana, so you've got all kinds of excellent things there too. You guys got uh, alligators, snapping turtles, <laughs> alligator, snapping turtles, flies, flies, mosquitoes. The, the coolest thing I did see was a chipmunk for the first time. Wait, you've never seen a ch- you've never seen a chipmunk before? We don't have we don't have them. We have just Why not? squirrels. I don't know, man. Squirrels <laughs> eat the chipmunks. <laughs> I mean, a squirrel's just like an off-brand chipmunk. Dude, this is the most educational podcast I've ever been on or listened to because I did not know that chipmunks were like a not like they weren't in the southeast. The, the squirrel is the chipmunk of the also, south. Here's another question. <laughs> um, I haven't spent a lot of time in the south. Do is there a difference? when you're like from Louisiana of the South versus the Southeast? We're technically Southeast. Like I don't really differentiate between um, Louisiana and Alabama and 
Georgia being different parts of the country. Yeah. Now, Florida is not part of the U.S. Florida's Florida is not. Yeah. Florida is not an American state. Florida is. I mean, Florida. I hear, Florida's I hear, Florida. I hear what you're saying about Mississippi, and like, since it's part of the U.S., like, you're right. But at the no, same I did. Time, I, I never said Mississippi. I don't. I'm not going to say their name the rest of the podcast. But you put Florida in, like, considering Florida being part of the part of the U.S. Like, Florida's actually like. It's a different. It's it's like Mississippi, yeah, not the greatest, but Florida. Florida just kind kind of hangs there. That's like whenever everything in Florida is weird. Yeah, and anytime that like people in Europe hear bad things about America, it's usually things that happen in Florida. Yeah. The yeah the Florida man challenge with your birthday in yeah. Florida man. Yeah, mom was a. Uh, he ran into a, a Burger King and said he had a bomb. Oh. And he was arre- he was arrested shortly thereafter. I don't know if I can tell you about mine without using up all your beeps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, you guys you guys want to stick around for like twenty more minutes? Yeah, yeah. I got two more questions for all you. Right, let's, let's get go. back. Let's steer this thing back on the highway. I'm we took bring a little it back detour. To Florida at the first opportunity I have. Okay. <laughs> So you mentioned um, that you guys want to be a mix of what you want to do and then like all your influences and stylistically um, all these like different things that you've heard before and also bringing something new to the table. Who is the influences that you guys have really taken after? Uh, Who? Okay. I think. I think Denny, the father figure. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> uh, actually, that's really true. Denny. Wow, this is this is a rabbit hole. But um, wait, the, so Denny Denny's a person. Denny is my father. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So um, we named the band after him because our first band, when it dissolved, we also had somebody sue us for the naming rights of that band, and. My dad thought it was he like he's like and then it happened again with a different band and my dad was like he laughed at me and so I was like well I'll just name the band after you therefore no one can sue us for it um, so that happened but I have these photos of my dad from when he was like twenty five and he looks just like me like same hair same face everything and those I had those photos when I was in Los Angeles for the first time kind of working on Denny and our producer was like he kind of planted the seed where he's like, you should kind of try to write everything from the perspective of this like persona of your father when he was 25, just like, you know, Denny is this like leather jacket in the back of the bar, kind of like mysterious. uh, I don't want to say sexy because it's my dad, but like this mysterious (laughs) sexy figure who just like, who's like, sensitive but also like he's on a motorcycle like and it's a very we we have this whole vision around the whole thing but um my dad really i mean he also introduced me to music so that is a true thing too that you know but influences wise uh mine are all over the map uh i'm just as influenced by drake as i am by the white stripes as i am by wilco as i am by um you know french house music Um, I listen to a lot of Deep House. I listen to a lot of indie. I listen to (laughs) My Morning Jacket and, um, you know, Lil Yachty in the same playlist. So uh, I'm all over the place because I create as I consume, too. Like, 
I don't sit down to write a song thinking about it being like a genre. I sit down because I heard a cool idea and I want to try to make it, I want to try to one up it all the time. Um, which is something like Adele said once where she was like, which inspired me. I was like, she's like, I hear these songs. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have written that. And then she's like, I'm just going to write one better. And that's kind of like how I approach it. But I, I think I, I modeled like a lot of our melodies and things come from listening to a lot of tears for fears and queen and Prince and Michael Jackson, um, and the cars growing up, which you can hear that in our music a lot. But, uh, then it's like distilled through just a cornucopia. Is that the right word that I'm looking for? Cornucopia? I mean, it d- depends on where you're taking it. But like a cornucopia of just completely, I don't have one specific thing that influenced me. It's just everything. Mm-hmm. But the, kind of a root in stuff I grew up on listening with my dad. Okay. That was. It started off, I was kind of thrown off with like, hey, Denny's a person and he's also <laughs> my dad. And also we had a lawsuit and also <laughs> this and this and this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried to keep it condensed there, but it's a it, that's a long story. But yes, uh, I, I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> We're an hour and 15 minutes into this thing. <laughs> it's all rabbit holes. You got another 45 because no. that's how long it would take to tell that story. But yeah, Denny's my dad. Well, I mean, thank you, Denny, for yeah. allowing us to, you know, use your name and not suing <laughs> us. Uh, did he sign uh, the document? Do we have him do that as a joke? We're kind of serious. Yeah, we we had we had him sign the document, and we were like, "Hey, this is gonna be funny. You should sign this document <laughs> to say that you won't sue us." And he's like, "Ha ha!" Not realizing that, hey, we got your signature now, dude. You can't sue us. <laughs> yeah, Dad. Dad. Yeah. Challenge you. Take us to court. <laughs> No, hey, that bad. would be Don't the most that. celebrity thing of all time. Easy, even if we win. <laughs> you guys said you want to be overrated and played in a Macy's or a Target. That's the most rock star thing of all time, being sued by your dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring it on, Pops. Let's go. <laughs> uh, That's incredible. I mean, I've always oh. wanted to make a, uh, a reality show about us, just kind of a joke, and I think that'd be the most reality show moment of my dad suing us, <laughs> yeah. uh, taking us to Maury. And then, and then me <laughs> representing court? myself in court. <laughs> <laughs> I I do feel like a bad host though because it took me an an hour and eleven minutes to get to hey what is Denny? None of you are named Denny, and that's not any of your last names. I feel like a bad host. No, that's I mean that's just the journey that we go on. When we I mean I don't. It's one of those things like it just comes up in conversation. You just get there. Like we started this conversation talking about Mississippi. We ended up talking about my dad. Yeah, it's like when you see something really messed up about somebody and you don't want to ask them about it because you don't want that to be the first thing you talk about. You really really want to know. know. (laughs) Dude, why are you so messed up? (laughs) Why are you dead? What what happened in your life to lead you to this point? (laughs) Uh, No. Really, it was my dad making fun of us for not copywriting our name at the time. (laughs) No, and you guys asked me, or at least Alex asked me over text message, what is this show? Or like, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And I told you this is this is a conversation, yeah. man. Like I just want to get to know you guys on air and oh, cool make. I love that. It's like you get to follow your own interests too as you do this. You know, it's kind of like your art and your medium gets to sort of follow your evolution as a person. That's, That's well, such an you know. educated answer. Yeah, it's the smartest. That was. Thing in <laughs> That's a beautiful thing, Sully. Uh, that was great. Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> no, but like this is yeah. like I want to get to know you guys on air, and this is the best way to do it. And I feel like we've had a really good time together so far. I agree. I think so. So I will ask you this one final question. It may lead to a, a different thing, but that's cool. What is the what is the future of Denny? So, uh oh. <laughs> Uh, I, lo- I love the pause, like the, the hesitation and pause. It's like, okay, we have to actually answer this question to, we yeah, don't know anything about. Suddenly put your shirt on. I need, to, I need to put my shirt on and actually like think about my future. I usually uh, don't think that far ahead. So we are, there's a few things here. We are working on our first record, our first full-length record. Um, and I'm an album person. Like I, I live for like a well-done album, like a full-length piece of art that's you know 40 50 minutes long that you can really just like immerse yourself in so we're creating that um and it's taken us you know we started the kind of process of thinking that way a a couple you know about a year ago um but it has to be done right i don't want to just like put out a bunch of songs that are just you know random i want it to be an experience um and it also will have a visual element kind of being a visual album at the same time so we're starting to think about building that the immediate future is uh, a couple of singles are going to come out in the next few months that I'm really excited about with videos. Um, and then touring, whenever that's whenever that can happen again, we're going to tour because we were going to tour in May. We're going to play shows all over the country, and then we never even got to announce them, which is a huge bummer for like people who playing live is like the greatest thing in the world to us, and not being able to do that for so long is like the emotional toll that's having on us. Like that's why Sully's got his shirt off right now. He just like, he doesn't know what to do. Um, I need to drum live (laughs) (laughs) or take off my clothes. I, the future of Denny is immediate. Like we have, we have a lot of song singles ready to go, ready to come out. Um, I think probably September is the next one. Music videos, uh, that we need to start producing so soon, but, um, our full length, our first full length album is something we've been talking about. Like, just talking about and ideating around for a while, but it's actually going to start happening and it's actually going to start be coming together. Um, and and then seeing where that takes us. We're in the strategic phase. Because, like, I don't want to just be our favorite band. I also want, like, our first record to be my favorite record. Can you break any news? Can you give us anything, an inside scoop about what, um, what this album's going to be? So I have four albums that i've written kind of in my head um and they kind of fall i mean i'm not going to go down that that's a, that's a few hours and and that's just i would have to go really deep into my brain to like kind of talk about that but this first one is um i'm writing about me at kind of 19 20 um really formative years you know a while ago that have a certain aura and aesthetic around them so uh, without giving too much away of like what this is going to be, uh, it's people. I've I've read art album reviews where people are like, "They're super self indulgent on this album." It's like a negative thing. Like, we're going to be a little self indulgent while also making, I think, some of the most like bopping, banging pop songs we've ever written are going to be on it. Um, especially like the next couple singles are, uh, are a level of like. Bop. I, I keep using that word. I don't know what the like the verb version of bop is, but like bopping, I feel it's, so weird saying that. I, I think I think it's gonna it's, it's gonna bang, but I yeah. don't want to talk about banging. But it's also like our first record. 
it's not gonna be just a uh i i think of it as a as a as a movie too like it's you know it's 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 a film it's a soundtrack to a film um because i think in film all the time and and so that's you know everything that we've released so far is kind of like a distillation of what this debut record is going to be just kind of on an amplified amplified scale like like Insurgents by the Poolside is a song that's reminiscent of one of our next singles that's just kind of the amplified, like, bigger version of that. And there's, like, a bigger version of Girls Like You, and it's, like, it's taking everything we've done, upping the ante, and um, and also with some epic cinematic instrumental moments. Oh, those instrumental moments are going to be so much fun. It's going to be just us listening to our tracks, thinking about what we can do to make it even better. And then making it even better. It's that simple. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's the process. Uh, this is educational. Think about this. <laughs> think about this thing that could be better, and then just do that, better. but also make it better than the <laughs> thing you thought was going to be better. That, that sounds you, so simple. I lost you somewhere in there, but I believe in everything you just said. That's it's you know it's fine. It's good. Our uh, our next single uh, is going to have, I think our best music video yet um and possibly our most off the wall concept and it's going to be more than just like a song put to a video put to music it's like there's going to be i want to create like a little short film around it so i'm really excited to do that too kind of taking a deeper step into um like the visual element is going to be something that happens with this first record too i have two more smaller questions let's go yeah let's do it okay so one first one i live two hours from houston texas is that somewhere you've been before or plan on going in the future we were planning on going there in may but we couldn't because of covid and uh, texas is houston's one of our biggest markets on spotify um if you want a little insight into the analytics but uh educational (laughs) yeah houston uh Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, um, Austin are all at the very top of our list because we were going to play there and we couldn't even announce it. And now the minute we can get back out and play shows, we will be two hours away from you in Houston as fast as we can. I would love to be there. We'd love to have you. You're on the guest list. Fantastic. I want to... I want to create this whole experience. Look, I, I need to get documentary practice. I want to. I want to get in with the band, yeah. To this day, uh, that's what we're about. I, I. I mean, I work for you guys now, so this is great. I'm the official <laughs> yeah. media member. Ah, that's good. I, I need an hour for lunch, guys. <laughs> an hour for lunch. Uh, I'll, I'll second, second, we'll be in touch about that. I, I, I really do want to see you guys live. We'll have our people talk to your people. Well, my people's me, so that's that's great. And you're also our people, so yeah. I'll I'll you. just shoot myself a text. <laughs> I'll leave myself a voicemail. Uh, talk, second talk thing, so <laughs> 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 I'll write it on my sticky notes that I have across my desk right now. Can you with the safe us? word on it? Oh, okay. oh, it's pink sticky notes. So, my mother actually, my I asked for sticky notes just for office supplies when I got my new office. I'm like, hey, mom stocking stuffers just give me some sticky notes she got me maybe seven thousand sticky notes hey wow. on the bright side you're never gonna run out of sticky notes that's right so many sticky notes that Which was 2018 problem. oh mm-hmm. oh 
That's different. Yeah, you mm. you're never gonna run out of sticky notes. Yeah. Did you ever think that like when you were a kid, one day you'd be wanting sticky notes. One day you'd get seven thousand sticky notes and just be like, look at this. This is, <laughs> this is everything. Yeah. Everything to me. <laughs> this is. I'm gonna bring this to my adult life and be so proud of it and tell it on a podcast. Like I want to tell this story on a podcast one day, and here we are. So real, really serious question though. Um, what? So I've noticed a difference between certain different brands of sticky notes. Some of them just don't stick. Right. Those are those are like note cards. I'm <laughs> not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're bigger and they look like loosely paper. Yeah, those don't yeah. stick. Yeah, those no, don't stick. it's it's you, you, what's the point? You can't use regular notes. I think does this post it have the the patent on sticky notes? I mean, oh, they I don't think other, they have co- the oh, companies make less sticky notes. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a patent on the type of glue that 3M uses. Mm-hmm. Just slightly wet noodle notes. We should look into that. I mean, I think you guys should probably take care of your own stuff before you get sued again, before you think about other people suing other people. <laughs> I think that, that's going to be great. We're going to release Denny Brand sticky notes and then get get, get sued again. It's great. Yeah. Um, no, no free advertisements because they have not paid me to say this. Um, but in particular, it, it's two words with a hyphen in between. Let's just say that as the sticky notes that I use. Okay. Via um, a, a, a store that's spelled like Depot. And Depot. it's also oh, yes. If yeah. They, De- if they, if they catch wind of this and uh, want want to offer the sponsorship, I'm open to it. I I have a really sad, I would I would like seven thousand sticky notes. I have a really sad confession. I literally, literally just what went through my head was oh Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, no, the the other one that sounds like it that's not related whatsoever. I also don't support that place. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, because the local. city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta and me have a beef. Why is that? That's where Home Depot is. It's a it's a thing. It's a it's a story that we will not tell on air. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think everyone who's ever been to Atlanta kind of has that story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I lost a little bit of money, but that's not important. Moving forward, second smaller question. I. Starting in February of 2019, I had this this list in the notes app of my iPhone of different band names. And I'm just going to name a few off, and you tell me if they're good or bad, okay? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So we're going to start with the, the first one, Rooftop Cats. Ruth, rooftop Cat or Ruth? No. Cat. no. Ro- roof, like the top of a house. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? That that like, would be some excellent like a jazz band, you yeah, know. I'm, I'm thinking very like jazzy. some rooftop cat, you know. That's something you could announce on jazz radio. Yeah, <laughs> that could be swing so, music. So it's a thumbs up. It's that, a, or ska ska band rooftop cats. It's a it's that, a sideways control. thumb for me. Sideways thumb. Yeah, I, w- I so would give that. it like like a thirty degrees from parallel facing up thumb. So, so like, sixty yeah. degrees away from thumbs up. That's really that's math <laughs> education. Sully's really good at the geometry. He is. It's good. All right. A little bit. This is more of a more of a serious one. I came up with three yellow hearts. Three yellow hearts. Are there three people in the band? Because if you had like three people who all dressed in yellow, and had heart shaped haircuts, sounds super emo to me. You think so? Yeah. I mean, like, are we opening for Good Charlotte? 
man, these are just things I, I see. And I'm like, that makes a good band name. I throw them down. But I came to the experts, and I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Is it a go good band down. name? I'm going to go thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs down? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go thumbs down simply because <clears throat> the first thing I thought of was that band, our first band opened for in Colorado called T-Shirts for Tomorrow. And they they were literally named after T-Shirts for Tomorrow. Yeah, I thought they were. And that's not a good correlation. So I'm going to go thumbs down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go thumbs twenty five degrees to the left of down because I'm a little bit more optimistic than Alex, but just barely. A, here, this is this is the one I tell people I'm most I'm the most proud of. Mm-hmm. Barely legal frogs, but Ooh-hoo. the shirt. Hold on, but the shirt is a tadpole. And now that I get it, yeah. 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 Yeah? Yeah. Is that is that all the way thumbs up? One hundred percent? Or I guess one eighty? Like, I feel like you could go you could be a you could do like a hip hop project, you could do a ska project. you could go anywhere. You There's could do you so could be many a punk directions band. that can go. It's so like it's it's like playful, but you it's could the do kind of playful that you Margaritaville take really covers with that name. It's it's very flexible mm. and the tadpole thing made me laugh. I would get out of control drunk at this concert of whoever this band is. <laughs> Notice that he didn't say great. which band. He just said it, it, any of them. It's, it's, yeah, whatever direction they take it, it's going to be worth getting drunk to. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so happy that one hit because that's the one I'm most proudest of. Mm-hmm. Most proudest. I don't think that's a thing. Most it proud. Is. There it you is go. for this band name. It's one of those things on the internet, though. If you say it on the internet, it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about the internet. <laughs> Everything becomes a thing. It's simultaneously the best and worst place that humans have created. Like Florida. It's great. That's what we right, see I, about like AI. Like if the, it's like the internet becoming a person, and that person scares me. That person's gonna be awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a few more. This is an educational podcast. Let's bring it back to science real quick. We've done yeah, math. Yeah. And we just saw my English blunder with the most proudest. Yes. Hot dark matter. Hot dark matter. Yeah, there's like the there's like a post punk like mid two thousands vibe that I'm into. I'm thinking that would gent. I don't know if you're like in the good metal, but hot dark matter. That's like yeah, that's some heavy like gent. Like we're talking like some Gojira, some monuments, kind of like just uh, heavy like oh, hard beats. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Thumbs up. The heaviest matter of the universe. Thumbs up. <laughs> Is dark that was matter? In my- even I was hot. in my college. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. Probably dark, not. D- yeah, dark matter is sort of... Uh, no, yeah, it, it's the neutral thing between matter and antimatter, right? Like, dark matter, I think, is supposedly like 80% of the matter in the universe, but we don't but really totally understand it, the properties it of it. It is hot because there's no such thing. It can't be cold because there's no such thing. Technically, it's cold. There's just lack of heat. It's. I mean, cold is all relative, too. Like, are we talking, like, from absolute zero? Like, how far away are we from that? Or are we talking, like, hot to the touch? But can you measure... I wouldn't touch dark can matter. You, how would you measure the temperature of dark matter, period? That's 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 a good question. I don't know. Can you, don't, can you even measure the temperature of dark matter? I think you'd have to calculate it. Or are you saying dark, are you know. saying like hot as in like sexy? What are you, you going to try and build a machine and send it into some dark matter? <laughs> like hey, <laughs> <laughs> go machine. <laughs> good luck. That's what I'm saying. So, in terms of where this led us down a educational scientific discovery, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Yeah, Perfect. I was. I would give Brilliant. it a thumbs up too. It's, it's. You have to take it like with like the thermometers that you use to like take people's temperature for COVID. You don't actually touch them because you're not trying to touch that hot dark matter. 
and it has to be in Kelvin, not Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Kelvin. Kelvin's the best, the best temperature scale. It is. It makes so much sense to me that like people use Celsius all around the world because yeah. like 100 is boiling and zero is freezing. Like it makes so much more sense than yeah. anything we do as Americans. Do, do the math in my head every time, or pull out your phone and do it that way. Because see, I'm more of I go the route. I just kind of like live in the metric system and like make people get on my level. You live in the metric system, <laughs> dude. I was so conditioned into the imperial system that I just. I don't know. It's like quitting smoking. I don't know if I can make that leap. It's like when you have your phone in your or your clock in your car or like your phone set to uh, 24 hour clocks mm-hmm. and people are like, you free French. It's, it's 1900. What is that? And like deal with it if you can't read it. Mm-hmm. That is that is my life. My phone is set to 24 hours. Do you do it that? makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like I'm at, OK. It's 10 o'clock, but I know what 10 o'clock it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the nighttime one. It's 2,200 <laughs> hours. <laughs> it's 2,209 right now. It's great. Beautiful. Let's keep it moving. All right. I'm, I'm happy you guys like that one. Yeah. This one's a little bit more like a wordplay one. Pencil, vein, yeah. Like pencil, like the writing utensil. Yep. Vein, like the, the blood thing. Oh, and then yeah. yeah is like a, a don't care way to say yeah. Dude, that's... That that is some like some trap hip hop, I think, is what that would be. Or I was picturing like a hardcore band. Pennsylvania, yeah, like you have to like yeah. Or yeah, you know, like yeah. or or just Is that more is that more of a single though from Barely Legal Frogs? Like that Yeah, no. I think, I think so. That or like, okay. like a, the title of like a mixtape. You're onto something there. Because half of these can be album names and song names for the yeah. other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the beautiful thing about words. You can just make it whatever you want. <laughs> that was the most profound thing. <laughs> that's amazing. Anyone said all night. <laughs> that when you stop to think that words don't actually have meaning. Uh. <laughs> Last one. It is a, a recent addition to the the list as I've decided to call it because I haven't really thought of a name. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, a play on the the recent turn of events with the global pandemic. Social D. Social D. So ooh. that that sounds like an excellent strain of cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> Want some of that social D we're back. Actually that's that's a good I mean yeah I get like I get like jam band vibes. Mm-hmm. I get like, I get maybe, maybe like the lead singer plays only an acoustic guitar, but everybody else has a like a fully electric setup. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of tie dye, but also, I'm into it. I think hey, hey, like you like you listen to Social D, like what? Like social, like, social D's nuts. It's also very contextual <laughs> and current. You know. Yeah. People wouldn't have got Social Distortion, but that was a band, what, 20 years ago? I forgot about 30 that. 30 years ago? Social but Social D is kind of a play on that with also distancing. It's very it's very current. That would be an excellent introduction to the court system. You can, yeah, we can advise you on that if you want some help. If Social Distortion tries to go it after you. No, it's a totally different name. Is it Social Dude, we've been social through D? this. We've been through this. We know. Dude. We're experts on this stuff. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I'm going to give it a thumbs 60 degrees to the right. Because it's also facing up. a little bit of an innuendo, which is my favorite thing in the world. I'm only not giving it a total thumbs up because I'm f- afraid of lawyers. 
You want some honorable mentions? Yeah. Yeah. All right. First exit in Texas. <laughs> Ooh. Because, because I work in Houston covering sports, and I'll always have to go to Texas, and the first exit in Texas is 880 because Texas is the oh, size of most countries. God. Yeah. That, um, yeah. <laughs> that's... That's like number two, like the thing I thought of. Sounds like a good um, album name for Barely Legal Frogs. <laughs> could be. Or like a, like a Leonard Skinner cover band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the next two are like more innuendos, which you guys are, are saying you love. Doggy Stylish. Oh, that's good. And Erectile Function. Uh, it means it just it works. That's awesome. <laughs> Anytime you can fit the word erectile into a sentence, you have to laugh. <laughs> say, I'm seriously say it. Say erectile, <laughs> not laugh. Yeah. I I think you doggy can. stylish is a thing. I'm gonna like start dropping in conversation. Like, are you are you are you cool if I like just add that to my vernacular? Can I do that? That's sweet. I feel like that band. You, it's like it's it's a name, but you also have to pronounce it a certain way. Like it has to be like. Doggy stylish. Doggy stylish. <laughs> uh, I I feel gross saying that. that's gross. Uh, but I, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm so happy you guys love that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> accountants need accountants. Accountants. Well, that's true. Actually, it is true. Just hey, like a lawyer who who represents himself in court is <laughs> dumb. Beep. Yes. Okay. I. We did, we, did, we did have bleeps left, right? <laughs> I'll bleep that, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting close, though. We're getting close to the limit. Accountants need accountants. Accountants need accountants. That's for real. Like We need to know where the money's going. Remembered conception? <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> Ew. Did, did, is, is, is that like a, a repressed memory? <laughs> That's that that's scary. Like I can't I came up with that one at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Let's see. See, I was dude, I was gonna say, were you at a Buffalo Wild Wings when you came up with that? <laughs> wow, was every- must, like you said that, I was like, he must have been at a B dubs. Oh, everyone was just conceived at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I'm that's, about, a good, that's a good thing. I'm at B dubs probably every Friday night, so it could have been oh. sometime mm. during that Actually, period of my good- life. You want to talk about a good documentary? Is like following the life of someone who is conceived in a B Dub's bathroom. Ooh. <laughs> Where, are like the- <laughs> Where are they now? Where are they now? That's something Netflix would for sure buy. Yes. Absolutely for sure buy. All right, let's run through two more of these. I got flavor contusion. Ew. Ooh. Ew. Ooh, that sounds juicy. It sounds like a bruise you can taste. <laughs> and then, uh, I lost that one. Oh, Controlled Fire. That's more of an album. Yeah. yeah. Controlled that, Fire. That sounds like an indie album, right? Yeah, it's an indie album. That's like a that's like a like a British guitar band album. Yeah. I just I'll, I'll throw this out for and if you guys make this a single, I will I will love you forever. I have Nostril Bush, Distorted <laughs> Moon, <laughs> Nostril Bush. <laughs> Uh, quick little tangent. And then, <laughs> I, I, I used to know a girl like that. We, uh, we have a joke side project called Throat. 
Um, and Joke. Th- it's a hardcore band that Sully plays. I'm the manager of this th- side project, and I just complete always squash their career. Um, but Nostril Bush sounds like a great throat song. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go for it. I've already got some lyrics in mind for it, actually. It's just Nostril Bush for two two minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll get you'll get songwriting credit on that one for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because 100% of the words are going to be the ones you came up with. (laughs) (laughs) When all seven people listen to that song, I'll be expecting my royalty checks of maybe four cents. You'll get your eight one thousandths of a cent. Because that's Spotify money. (laughs) (laughs) I got to throw one more at you. The prevention helpline. Prevention helpline. Oh, that's dark. Ooh, yeah. What is it? (laughs) I I mean, is is that like... No, I got to... This is actually really profound. Yeah. There is a prevention helpline. It's a band name, actually. Darker is a hopeful because it's preventive, present, and it's a it's a helpful place. If, if it gives them the right number to call, I just I just you know got serious there, but like I that could I like it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like know? how the 1975 has like the 1975 as a song as yeah, like yeah. the first song in their album. Yeah. It's like that, but like it's the helpline number. Ooh. It's like that on every album. I like yeah. that in their first album, Confetti in My Bathtub. <laughs> let's go this is all all from the list all Actually, from the list mm-hmm. we've we've messed around with glitter a lot in our music videos in certain ways i've and, swallowed glitter and it speaking of confetti in the bathtub like that's not a joke that stuff did not come out ever oh no no ever hey it's a party every time you bathe yourself though mm. <laughs> it's a party every time i bathe myself usually <laughs> bad name caught it <laughs> <laughs> you'll need some domestic cold water which is also on the list Ooh, domestic cold water that is excellent branding actually oh, it's like a cool like streetwear brand yeah all right this list is over let's let's exit out of this is this a, like a running like google doc that you have yeah, it's it's in my the notes app of my iPhone, yeah. and whenever I see something or I hear something, I'm like, that's a good band name, and it's <laughs> I probably maybe have no less, and this is not hyperbolic whatsoever. Maybe 340 band names. Oh, dude, you should use up your sticky notes with these. <laughs> Just put them all over, like yeah. in the movie yesterday, uh, <laughs> where he has like the yeah. set list. Yeah, <laughs> all over. Ah, uh. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Lightning round, five to seven random questions. We can't let you leave without doing this. And I promise this is the last thing because some of us have to be up early tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, you guys ready? Five to seven random questions. Answer in 10 seconds or less. All right. right. And both of you you can answer these questions. You go first. I'll go first. All right. If you could have a dinner party with three famous people, living or dead, who would they be? Oh, that's really tough. Uh, I would say Socrates. Um... Probably Winston Churchill and uh, Frederick Chopin. George Orwell, Andy Warhol, and Michael Crichton, the author of Jurassic Park. Shoot, I don't speak Greek. What am I going to do with Socrates? <laughs> like, make him some food? <laughs> can, I be the, can I be the ninth wheel to that yeah. dinner party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to show up and see what happens. Maybe I'll document that as well. <laughs> I can't cook Greek meat. All right, so I'll ask this to both of you. If they made a movie about Denny, who would play either of you? I would want to be played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> I was just thinking that. 
Um, uh, who played? Oh, damn. I also wouldn't be like the kid who played Benny the Jet in uh in the in the Sandlot. I don't know his name, but that's that the kid. only poor Think, person. I'm, I'm thinking Benny and the Jets. Like we could have Elton John play you. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> An old Elton John will play young me. Yes, <laughs> it's like Benjamin Button. She's combining yeah. all the films together. Yeah, I'm, it's just I'm, an interpretation. I'm know? gonna have my dad play me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll just have our dads play us. That's that's the better. Role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is great. That is great. All right, uh, Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt. Yeah, she'll play me. Ooh, Emily Blunt. Good. Hey, can I show up and just maybe meet John Krenzi? Yeah, that's all I want to do. It'll be like a, is... a, a dual role where she'll play me as de- in, like in the band, and then John Krasinski will play like older me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> After the band's over. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, this is more of an individual question to both of you. Yeah. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or a Nobel Peace Prize? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, philosophically, like, I'd want to do the Nobel Peace Prize, but man, to win an Olympic medal, I'd just have to be in such good shape for that, and that would that would look really cool. Ah, the, the Peace Prize, I have, I have to be selfless. Yeah, uh, beauty and strength fade, but the mind is eternal. I made that up right now That's as a way to say a Peace Prize is way cooler. Mm-hmm. Than an Academy Award or a oh yeah or an Olympic medal. Okay, now if I threw an Oscar or I threw a Grammy in there, would that change? Oh, I think I still take the Peace Prize. Be I'd selfish, to, Alex. I'd want them to all be kind of mile markers towards the Peace Prize. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I won my first Grammy. Now I'm going to try acting. I got an Academy Award, and I'm also going to be an Olympic athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're from Minnesota. Just go snowboard for a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, but we, we've also established stability in lots of third world countries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? yeah. The Nobel Peace Prize feel like something from my seventies. You know. Yeah, I feel like in your seventies, like you ended yeah. numerous civil wars. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, just on top of your Academy Award. So I, I'm gonna take the easy way out and say yes to all. Mm-hmm. That's not the question. We'll move on <laughs> for the sake of time. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're approaching two hours, and this is not a two-hour <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Moving. This is Joe Rogan, though. This is fine. Yeah, Joe, this yeah. happens. Let's have multiple people just doing stuff off to the side, and <laughs> microphones catching. We just allow it. You two had your own little podcast for 45 minutes, just kind of talking back and forth <laughs> to each other, which is great. <laughs> like I said in the text, like the more you guys talk, the easier my job is. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, if... Okay, so if you could find everything you've ever lost or never lose anything again, which would you rather have? Uh, I think I would have to never lose anything again, honestly. Like, I like the stuff that I have, and I'm planning to get some even cooler things going on in my life. And I think to, to hold on to that and to never lose it would be ideal. You know, it's, I, th- I think I've been able to move past the things I've lost. I would find everything that I'd lost. So I lost some really, really cool sets of keys in the past. Mm-hmm. I lost my first edition Alakazam Pokemon card in the locker in seventh, no, second grade. So I, I can tell you exactly where that locker is. I would give anything to have yeah. that Pokemon card back. I might need to change my answer. <laughs> yeah. 
You know how cool that would be to have that? Think about all the pain you felt when you lost something really personal to you. Like, oh, like yeah. Some sort of object that you like. Like when I left all my Beanie Babies at a cabin when I was like three years old. Mm-hmm. That crushed me. That like really like stumped my emotional growth when I was a kid. <laughs> Here's a fun, thi- fun thing from the 90s that we actually got to see was a picture of a di- couple who was divorcing. And it was like a picture of them in the courtroom splitting their Beanie Babies up. Because yeah. that was supposed to be this huge thing. They were going to yeah. be worth so much money. And now they're just... They're not worth anything. They're totally worthless. Those went away when I was like three years old. But I remember, I will never forget the feeling of losing those toys Mm -hmm. when I was three years old. And I would go back and write that wrong. The fact that I vaguely know what you're talking about with Beanie Babies means (laughs) they did not blow up. No, they (laughs) did Because again, there's 11 years separation here. Or maybe nine. Again, it's, it's two hours into podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> Math is hard. Numbers are difficult, and that's why I'm a sports broadcasting major at Full Sail University. Moving on, two more things. Did you both want to be musicians as a as a child, or what? Like, what was the childhood goal and dream to be as an adult? Yes, I absolutely like. I, I started learning piano from my mom as a kid, and went to my first concert when I was 12, and saw the people on the stage, and just wasn't even enjoying the show that much because I wanted to, to be on the stage so much more, and was just kind of jealous that I wasn't, you know. So that was kind of where it started for me, was just being like, this is something I want to do, you know. I was a child pot prodigy piano player, so uh, I learned how music should not be through that, and then became obsessed with just creating music that I loved after that. So since four or five years old, I've been, it's been kind of like the way my mind works is music. Here's a fun little nugget. We actually played piano together when we were like seven years old. Yeah. In a, in a recital. Oh. We had recitals together as kids. We never, we never knew that until like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Denny's been going for a lot longer than we you are, guys have yeah. said. Yeah. That's that's such a beautiful moment in history. We, Sully and I have known each other as long as this podcast has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to chop it down either. You know what? We're just going to let it ride. Yeah. The, the fans of your band deserve to hear everything in its entirety. And plus, editing, editing this would be probably a day's project that I don't <laughs> have time for. That's... Fantastic. Um, last one, and I usually go with like, what Olympic sport would you want to compete in? Mm-hmm. But we're gonna switch it up because you guys are, are musical. If you could collaborate right now on a song with one artist or group in the entire world of music, who would it be? Oh man, that's really difficult. Uh, Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. He seems so funny. Iggy Coli, so Minnesota. Cool. He seems so like he's on. He seems like a. I think he'd be just fun to hang out in the studio with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to collaborate with Prince, but it turns out I just found out I can't do that. Just found out. Nah, I knew. Um, okay, yeah, nah, that's a, that's I'll, a very that's a very large deal. That <laughs> joke fell so flat. I'm gonna second. I'm gonna second, Lil Yachty. <laughs> That was so quick. That was a much faster answer than I expected. <laughs> That's good. Lightning round. It brings the best out of people. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Sure does. Alex, Sully, I thank you guys so much. We just spent two hours together, man. We did. That was fun. We should do this again sometime. I'd love it. 
Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Wanna invite do, me to your show. I'm inviting myself to your show in Houston, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're on the guest list. I was going to yeah. say, you want to take 30, get some water, and do this again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to be up at six, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, let, let us know if you're going to be in Minnesota, if you want to try and brave a winter up here sometime. It might be a nice change of pace. You know what? I'm gonna call, like I cover Major League Soccer, and you just uh, yeah. Minnesota and, and St. Paul. There's a beautiful new cathedral to soccer we've yeah. built in this country. Yeah. I want you guys to play Allianz Field. I would love to play that. It's play Allianz Field. We're like five minutes from it right now, so I would love are you serious? It is a quite possibly one of my favorite structures in the United it's States. Gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, it we, is so beautiful. Sully and I met in college, and like you can pretty much see it from where he went to school. Have you guys ever made it out to a Minnesota United game? I have. I have not yet. They are, uh, okay, little rabbit hole here, but my cousin played professional soccer in Norway, and I saw games over there. And, like, the energy of, like, European soccer is intense. And the MN United actually, I think, weren't all the way there, but, like, the energy in that stadium is unlike any, any sporting event I've ever been to in the U.S. Did ever. they win? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So they played Wonderwall at the end. Yes. Oh my god, that's my favorite thing in American soccer is when yeah. they play Wonderwall. I mean, like, I didn't expect it to be what it was, but it was the most energetic and like connected stadium I've ever been. Like everybody was there together. It was so cool. It's so great that like, and this goes for all the Minnesota sports. Like it's Minnesota. It's not Minneapolis. It's not St. Paul. Yeah. It's Minnesota. Yeah. Especially with the soccer team, it's Minnesota United. Yeah. All these people from all, all around the state support these teams. Oh, yeah. And, you know, whether it be the Twins or the Vikings or the Wild or United or I feel like I'm missing one, the Timberwolves. Like, it's nice. such a, a rallying around this team. The Minnesota Lynx, shout out yep. WNBA. Yeah, it's like I think it's it, very intentional, you know, that's a Minnesota thing to have it be like an inclusive yeah, and the, I think the Vikings probably, like, the way they pull us together and that we're so, you know, used to heartbreak, you know, I think that's the, the dark <laughs> hey, moments that really don't do bring, that because bring out the best in us. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings have broken my heart as a Saints fan twice in three years. So don't even what? get Oh, do we, want, do we need to talk about 2009? I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about 2017. <laughs> we could have like, won that year, man. Uh, that, was, that was some... some Vengeance a long time coming. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, man, you know what? We're even, but the the one the the last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. We'll move on. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet, guys? We are at Denny the Band on all social media platforms except for TikTok. We are Denny.com on TikTok. Uh on Spotify, all other internet ways of listening to music, YouTube, Denny TV. Um I, that's it mm -hmm. really you guys have any personal you want you want oh, to plug yeah i mean at sully the drummer is sully i'm alexander rollins on everything and then i don't even know how he spells it at no dot under slash dot b <laughs> <laughs> all right rand i don't know how he spells no it. dash under dot <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we follow ourselves on social media, so you can find us there. But at Denny the Band is the main. That's the main. You, I want to. I want to say. I want to share the sentiment with you guys before we hop off the, hop off the line. You guys followed me for some reason, a while back. I don't know why. I'm. I'm 
be surprised if you remembered following me, but you guys like were a loyal follow. So I clicked on your page one day and I followed you back. And this was a long time coming. I wanted to get you guys on the show for a while. And I finally reached out when I was having some downtime in Montana. And I'm really, really happy we made this happen. Yeah. Thank awesome. you so much for making the time. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, man. This is great. Thanks for having us. Check out their newest, um, what is it? Wrong. Is your newest song out? Yeah. That is, it's also a bop. It is. It's an emotional one. It's it's so good, man. Uh, new music coming out in September, and check out their their new album coming out in TBD. TBD twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, for Alex and Sully, I'm Riley James. If anyone cares. You've got to tell me now, do you?